Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Welcome back to another Housing Matters Podcast. Your favorite data nerds are back with everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy. Uh, And this time we have a lot of good stuff for you. But uh, before I get too ahead of myself, let me introduce myself and my colleague. My name is Jordan Levine. I'm the Deputy Chief Economist here at CAR. And I'm joined by our amazing Senior Economist and Director of Research, Oscar Way. Hello, everyone. I think this will probably not be our last one. We might be with you again another couple times before the end of the year, but we at least wanted to send you on your way for Thanksgiving with some good information on uh, where we're at with the, the health standpoint as it relates to California in particular, what we saw in the market and what we will hopefully continue to see through the end of the year, just in terms of the overall uh, numbers. But then I think really digging into the issue of supply, which I think, you know, especially as we go through even just the monthly numbers has been playing a a bigger and bigger role. So uh, I think that'll be a nice little entree into the uh, Thanksgiving weekend. But let's start with the, the health update. And I'm gonna have Oscar just walk us through the numbers because, uh, you know, we're still not totally out of the woods. And I think even as we get this kind of light at the end of the tunnel, positive news about vaccines and things like that, in the here and now, we we still have some scary numbers coming down the pike. And so we want to make sure that everybody just kind of hangs on until we can get to the other side of this thing, which is hopefully coming sooner than later. But what's happening Absolutely. with the numbers, Oscar? Absolutely. Um, you're absolutely right. You know, the uh, the health situation, public health situation, yes, we're seeing some improvement, but it's still very, very scary. We are seeing some uh, record number. Um, you've heard, you know, in the last couple of days or the last uh, a week ago that the uh, death toll uh, exceeded 250. In fact, I think it's over 260,000 people uh, in the nation died because of coronavirus already. We have um, uh, 12, uh, 13 million cases, uh, confirmed cases, well, 12.2 million cases as of um, the 20th. Um, that's a lot of cases. And particularly in California, we're seeing what 50, more than 15,000 cases uh, just yeah. uh, this past weekend. I think and that's an all-time high. So things are now even worse than they were back in the summer. And so again, even as we kind of have a lot of positive news on the horizon from the health standpoint, people being able to uh, get these vaccines and therapeutics, which is obviously what the economy uh, needs is to be able to put the virus in, in the rear view mirror. But we still have a few months um, between here and there that, that we need to just hunker down and, and get to the other side. Yeah, and, and the rate that it's going right now, it's really, really fast. So we definitely need to make sure we keep our social distancing uh, measure in place. Um, I, I said, you know, it's rising really fast because a month ago it was only about, what, 3,000 cases per day. Right. And uh, we've gone up to 15,000 or more already. And the positivity rate, uh, it was below 2% or close to 2% about uh, two, three months ago. And now it's 5.2 or about 5% now. So that's definitely something we need to keep in mind. Uh, vaccines may be available, but it's not going to be available for at least uh, you know three months or so. I mean, it may be available to the, um, to the uh, medical populations. people, yeah, but yeah. not to the mass population until a few months from now. So just uh, make sure we keep our social distancing measures. 
Yeah, the good news is, though, is that when you you kind of look at, at where the housing market's been, right, that all of this robust demand has really continued to carry the market forward. And we had uh, another, I would call it even a blockbuster month again in, in October. We had a lot of sales and we still had prices going up pretty significantly, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if you look at the total sales number, it's seasonally adjusted and, and it hit a level um, in the last couple months, September and November, it hit a level that we haven't seen for about 10 years, 484, 485,000 uh, in, uh, in, in, in a month. Um, of course, that's again, it's seasonally adjusted. But right. if you look at it from another standpoint, uh, which Leslie pointed out, our chief economist pointed out, I think a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, when we talked about our sales report, that's only fifteen thousand below five hundred thousand. We right. haven't used that benchmark for a while because of what's going on with the market for the last, I don't know, like t- uh, five years, ten years or so, because of the tight supply. But right. I can't believe we're actually using that number, 500,000. I know, 500,000. It's, it's pretty incredible. The other thing I think that's pretty remarkable when you think about it just from the kind of, uh, you know, recession slash recovery standpoint uh-huh. is that through October now, we're just 1.3% below where we were um, at this time in 2019, right? So for the first 10 months, and, and if you go back, I mean, I think on a year-to-year basis, I don't remember the exact number, but in in April and May and even in June, we were down by 25, 35, even 45 percent on a year-over-year basis. And so right. uh, that 1.3 percent year-to-date means we've really um, recovered a lot of that lost ground. Yeah, we did. I mean, as of the, if you look at first half of the year, uh, the first six months of the year compared to uh, the year before, it was actually down 13%, close to wow. 13%. So we recovered a, quite a bit of ground. And you know, of course, it has a lot to do with starting in July, we have been recovering or having double digit increase in sales. Um, so and we looks like we are going to continue uh, for you know the next month or so. And it was pretty broad based, right? It wasn't just that uh, it wasn't just in Lake Tahoe or Big Bear, although those markets continued to be up by um, double and in some cases triple digit right, I know. percentages. But it but it wasn't just those areas, right? No, it's not just those areas. Of course, we're seeing a lot of increases in the Bay Area, in uh, in uh, Southern California, in Central Valley as well. Now, Central Valley, um, it, I believe, in the for the region in October, it increased by uh, close to ten percent, nine point nine, I think. But that's actually the lowest as compared to some of the other regions. But the other regions are doing really well as well. Um, there's not a lot of counties that actually experience a decline in sales. Most of them are a double digit increase. And um, only about, uh, we have a few counties that decrease in sales on a year over year basis. But I think uh, on a year to date basis, many counties have recovered. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's really broad based, and and you know I think that uh, it's a testament to how much you know housing and and our homes are more important to us than ever as a result of this crisis. So this isn't a, a typical recession where just housing goes the way that that other parts of the economy go. There's been a structural shift that's made um, our homes more important to us, and I think that you have that on top of some of the c- cyclical factors like low rates um, that are all kind of combining to to create this voracious demand do we i mean see that holding up when you look at things like the pending sales and some of the other leading indicators with i mean is this something our members should expect to persist through november december 
Yeah, I mean, looking at you know October's number, uh, pending sales actually increased by thirty percent, over thirty percent. Now, uh, the year, the month before in September, we thought, okay, we're twenty five, twenty six percent increase in pending sales. Yes, uh, that's probably going to continue to slow down from this point on because we should be moving in into the uh, off season. But looking at you know the latest number from October is suggesting that there might be. Uh, another double digit, maybe even 20% close sales in November. That's pretty amazing. That, you know, is again, um, support, you know, the fact that we have very, very low rates, which we will continue on for probably the year 2021. And of course, people um, yeah, have different needs now as sure. they are working from home. And the coronavirus did change quite a bit you know, as far as how people work and what kind of uh, housing demand, what kind of uh, housing they need and where they need it. Yeah, exactly. If you're both sitting there trying to do Zoom meetings in an open plan uh, studio condo downtown, that might not be uh, that might not make as much sense maybe as as when you guys were off um, doing separate jobs on site at your job locations and then get back together in the evening for dinner and things like that. There's just a whole um, new new dynamic, and we can see right. that the, the demand is voracious out there, and that there is a supply constraint, obviously, because when you look at prices, right, and we have median prices. That's the price just for the the non-data nerds of us out there. That's the, mi- the middle price, right? That means uh-huh, uh-huh. 50% of the homes sold below that price, but 50% of the homes also sold above that price. Well, we've been uh, above 700,000 for many months in a row now. We've had home prices that are growing by double digits and these are median prices. So again, that means that half the homes selling out there in California are selling for more than $711,000, which is just pretty incredible. Yeah, and if you look at how it compares to previous years, you know, on a year-over-year basis, it's increasing by 18%, 17.5%, 18% or so. That's significant. At the beginning of the year, we never thought that it will continue to increase at a double-digit rate, you know, in, in 2020. We know that we are seeing low interest rates. We start sure. seeing low interest rates continue to decline, but we never expected, you know, such a significant increase. And you said it earlier um, you know, there is a, uh, uh, the price continue to increase. Part of it also is because of, you know, we have higher demand and uh, some of the high end market as well. True. Yeah. And so that's a, a big part of it. I mean, it's not to say necessarily, and that's probably an important point, right? Is that when you look at our monthly press release, as an example, that, that median price growth is, is a calculation, right? And so we're looking right. at, at what the mix of sales is, what the market share of different market segments are. And one of the things that we've seen, in addition to just the uptick in demand across the board, is as you said, the, the resort communities, folks buying second homes that need them to do uh, more, more luxury areas. And so part of that means that, you know, it's not necessarily the case that your own home is increased by 18% right. of where it was at this year on an individual basis. But part of it is an, a real honest to goodness increase in value, which we expect is probably um, somewhere around half or, or right. maybe a little bit less of the median price growth. On top of that, the fact that we're just selling a lot of high end homes. And so, uh, you know, that's that's one of the interesting and potentially negative consequences of having a market this hot, though, um, is that, you know, we see that affordability could start to erode because um, low rates help to offset uh, rising prices, right? But we're getting to the mm-hmm. point where 
the, the prices are becoming the bigger factor. It's kind of canceling out some of the benefits of the lower rates. Yeah, I mean, we have been, you know, let's look at, you know, mortgage payment, for example, your mortgage payment has been below uh, the previous year's level for, I don't know, like uh, 15, 16 months, but it started, you know, the last couple months, mortgage payment for a typical home started rising. And that has a lot to do with, you know, the uh, median price changing as well. Yeah. But the other part of it, I think uh, you, you, you briefly mentioned earlier, is because of tight supply. You know, supply Absolutely. has been really, really tight uh, for uh, many different reasons. There's not a lot of homes for sale. That's one of the big ones. And I think that that is, is kind of the thing that makes me uh, more pessimistic about the housing market, even than some of these other potential red flags, even like the virus and some of these other things, uh, you know, economic uncertainty, some of the, the real honest to goodness economic issues that we have with unemployment benefits uh, expiring with us not having stimulated the, the economy or provided support to some of these uh, distressed households. Above all that stuff, I think the thing that's going to hold the housing market back the most is the listings, they were down 44 and a half percent. It's the fifth month in a row where they're falling by at least 40%, right? We've had double right. digit declines for almost a year uh, in a row. Or actually, I think more than a year, it's been over 25% for almost the last year straight. Uh, and it's happening everywhere across the state. And so we have all this buyer demand um, and, and we just don't have the units to, to put them into. Absolutely not. Um, you know, with, with, you know, you mentioned it's pretty much across the board. You know, we have 40 percent, you know, for the state, but some state, you know, some counties, they're dropping even more than a uh, higher rate than that. Like Santa Barbara, for example, dropping 65 percent. Um, and, and, you know, people are there are a lot of demand out there. A lot of people want to buy and that's the encouraging news. But at the same time, there are also people who are like repeat buyers. They need to sell before they, they need to sell before they can buy. But if they couldn't find a property that they can move to, they might be holding off for now. And that's one of the reasons I think uh, that we're not seeing as many properties as we would like to see. Yeah. And the only two counties um which is which are very very expensive counties, <laughs> San Francisco and San Mateo. Those are the only counties that have uh, increase in supply or increase in active listing. But other than that, we don't really see a lot of increase in active listings. Definitely, and so you know, again, I think that uh, it's it's going to be the the big obstacle. And and unfortunately, um, you know, we don't see a lot of uh, new construction coming to the rescue, right? Or at least it hasn't happened yet. In fact, if you look at our um, estimate for 2020s building permits, right? And this is adding together both uh, single family and multifamily, mm -hmm. I believe, is that actually we're going to have an under 100,000 unit year. And I think that's mm -hmm. going to be the first time for uh, maybe six, seven years since the recovery really got going where we built less than 100,000 uh, new homes here in California. And just to put that into perspective, when you look at the state's estimate of like our housing needs, right? They right. estimate that we need at least 180,000 a year just to tread water on population growth and therefore housing affordability and things like that. And so again, um, this is gonna be another year where we're less than half of what we needed just to tread water. And so again, um, this, this again is gonna be the big impediment to, to growing the market and why people don't wanna move those repeat buyers, right? Like. Um, where, where do I move to if I can't find a home that I actually want to buy? 
Absolutely. You know, the fact that we are slowing down again, that's very discouraging in a sense. Of course, I think part of it is because of the coronavirus, because of the pandemic issue. But at the same time, I mean, I know we are probably seeing a little bit more activity in the last couple months, you know, when the uh, when it looks like the coronavirus situation is under control. But of course, right now with, you know, the health uh, conditions uh, worsened, public health conditions worsened a a little bit, you know, we may actually see a a slowdown in uh, permits or in a number of constructions. So, you know, because of all these different uh, unknowns, it's a really tough uh, situation uh, for home building. Right. And I think, you know, that's why the advice is that even though, uh, you know, the, the market is doing well, you don't want to throw your, your business in cruise control. Now, the one area that, that could provide some relief and, and we hope will become a bigger piece of the puzzle, hopefully, uh, over time is the fact that we did get some new uh, initiatives passed that relate to this kind of lock-in effect that folks experience who are long-term homeowners and have uh, kind of, you know, built up some significant savings as a result of Prop 13 that that in hindsight now um, represents a disincentive for those folks to move. And that is Prop 19. Right, exactly. I know you did quite a bit of research and uh, analysis on Prop 19. I did. It's supposed to, uh, you know, help, you know, increase supply in the long run. Uh, maybe you can uh, kind of go over it a little bit. Uh, Definitely. So so in California, we have what's known as Prop 13, and that governs how uh, much any individual's property taxes can go up in any given year. And what it says is that it has to be basically uh, commensurate with inflation or in periods of high inflation uh, that it will cap out at 2%. And so what that, uh, the goal of it was, was to basically protect folks on fixed incomes from being priced out of their homes as a result of rising property values uh, in, in their, their neighborhoods. The, the inherent consequence of that is that folks who'd lived in their homes for a very long time um, have built up savings that then if they had to move away from that home, Uh, under previous law, unless they moved within the same county uh, to a home that was, you know, cheaper, or within a group of just nine other counties, then they basically gave up that benefit that they were uh, got from Prop uh, Prop 13. And so what Prop 19 did was to say that folks could take that property tax benefit uh, from Prop 13 with them into a new house if they needed to downsize or move to a home that was going to suit their needs better, um, but that they were kind of staying in for, for property tax reasons. And so uh, that, that passed basically, which now means that beginning in April of 2021, you will, if you're a homeowner that's 55 years or older, um, you'll be able to move into a new home or an existing home, a home uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be in your same county. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be of the same value or less. And, and you will be able to move folks who are um, victims of disasters, folks who have, uh, you know, disabilities and things like that will also be able to take this Prop 13 uh, tax basis with them into a new home. And so hopefully that, uh, that frees up some of the supply that has basically been locked up because folks did not want to walk away 
from their existing tax basis or see a significant increase in their annual property tax bill. And so, um, you know, just anecdotally, my, my father-in-law lives in a home and is a long-term homeowner. Um, and, and that has been a financial disincentive for him to move. He doesn't necessarily need that house that he raised his kids in with all those extra bedrooms. Now that it's just him and his wife and that they're retired, he doesn't necessarily like walking up and down stairs the whole time. But if he moves, he faces a significant property tax penalty. He'd love to move closer to us and be close to his grandkids and things like that, but he's not able to uh, because of the way that, that that calculation works, that again, he would have to suffer that, that property tax uh, penalty. So that's kind of it in a, in a nutshell. And the idea is that hopefully it enables folks like my father-in-law to be able to make those moves, which will then open up some of um, you know, that housing supply that we so desperately need in the market. That's great. That's great news. Uh, I know you mentioned about, you know, um, uh, in April of next year. Right. Um, so do we think a supply side, a supply on the supply side of obviously we will uh, probably see some increase in supply. Yep. Um, what do you think the uh, impact is to the market in the short term and maybe a longer term in the short term, meaning like in 2020 or 20, uh, 2021 um, sure. and uh, in long term, uh, maybe a- in five years? Yeah, it's a great, great question. And I think, you know, that is uh, an important point to to make, right? Because I, I do think that you'll have folks who are potentially, um, you know, actively engaged in tracking ballot initiatives and things like that. Like my father-in-law, who's maybe waiting in the wings for initiatives like this to pass so that they can take advantage of, of this new flexibility to move. But I do think that there's going to be a limit to how much we can expect to happen over the very short run. A, you point mm-hmm. out that Um, You know, it doesn't kick in until April and there's some debate about, you know, whether both sides of the transaction have to happen in April or not. I would advise you to not give legal advice or tax advice (laughs) and refer your clients to their their tax attorneys. But uh, but, you know, the point being is that, you know, there's going to be some period there where um, you're going to have to to kind of ramp up. There's also going to need to be a, a campaign to let folks know that this benefit exists. Not everybody is in the weeds like you and me and tracking initiative results and things like that. And so there's going to need to just be some basic consumer education, like, hey, did you know this was an option? And I think that's a big uh, question mark incumbent on us as realtors to let our clients know that this is an option that, you know, you don't have to give up this or suffer this uh, property tax penalty. And so although you know, I do think that we'll see some some order of magnitude of transactions generated from this legislation over the short run, like next year from April onward. I think that it will become a bigger factor over time as it kind of uh, ramps up and people know that this is a, a thing out there. And the other other kind of side of this, and you and I were talking about this earlier today with developers about uh, the construction side, right? Because taking away... Right. The tax penalty is is one part of it, but we hopefully what this does is it catalyzes and stimulates a new construction of either um, you know senior housing, 55 plus housing developments specifically, or at least housing developments that are attractive to those long term homeowners. Because you know losing the tax co- uh, penalty is one side of it, but you've also got to have a place where you want to be able to move to. And so I think that that's the thing that's going to take a little bit longer to ramp up as developers you know realize, hey, there's a market here now um, for these folks who who may be able to move now that 
weren't able to uh, before and to get those units actually planned and built and all of that stuff. And so that's going to be the, the piece of the puzzle, I think, that takes longer to ramp up. So nice little bump over the short run, but I think the real impacts will come in in the intervening kind of two to five years as folks find out about this uh, and as that new supply that they want to move into starts to come online gradually. Got it. So it takes time to get the words out, you know, in short term. And also it takes some cooperation, you know, uh, with developers and uh, builders. Um, and, and potentially, of course, with uh, more supply, if we increase more supply in the short run and also in the long run, you know, it will help affordability, obviously. Um, right now, we're safe with low interest rates. But of course, the bottom line is still we need more supply. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of my favorite economist professors over at USC, Richard Green, said that we uh, we never do a particularly good job of building affordable housing in California. You can't really build affordable housing because of all the costs that it takes to do construction. And so what we need to do right. is build um, new housing that, that existing homeowners can move into and the older housing stock can be freed up, which tends to be uh, a little bit more affordable. And so no matter how you slice it, you know, that's the, the key to unlocking more home ownership, which is what we're, we're all about. And we want uh, more folks to, to be able to buy and own their own homes. And, and if that happens, then we win as realtors, the economy wins, the individual wins, uh, and there is no downside to that. So I think we can go ahead and leave this one there. The market's doing well, uh, and we have some potential relief from Prop 19 coming down the pike, but we just want to uh, stay vigilant on the, on the health mm -hmm. side of things and uh, make sure that we just stay safe and, and have a good holiday that way. So uh, absolutely, absolutely. Did we miss Thank anything you for else, it. Oscar? I think you covered it very well. I think we we have gotten a lot of questions regarding, you know, the impact of Prop 19 and you, you covered really well uh, in terms of the short term and the long term uh, aspects. Awesome. And uh, we'll see, we'll just see how things pan out in the next few months or so. But of course, in the meantime, we need to make sure that we uh, keep everything, everyone safe uh, and uh, enjoy a, a holiday season uh, with all the safety measure. That's right. And so with that, we will leave you and say thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.